Are you ready for the Word? Let's go. Team, Guy, bring my Bible out here. Amen. Bible, Guy and Reg, what more could you want? We're we're going to um, be looking at a parable, Stories of Life. Are you enjoying this series? Stories of Life. Jesus is the best storyteller ever. And last week we looked at the parable of the sower. And we're talking about how that's really the parable of the soil. Because the seed that was sown was the same. But the result of the seed was dependent upon the soil. There was four different types of soil and the state of the soil actually determined how the seed went. Meaning that good seed needs good soil. Our heart is like our soil. And as a church, we all collectively are shaping the soil of this place. And we wanna build good soil. We wanna build a home that people can, can come to and feel at home. And if you're here for your first time, we're not here to judge your journey. We're here to celebrate your steps. And we wanna build a house that feels like a home for everybody. Today, we're looking at a parable um, by Jesus. It is in the latter part of His life, His ministry. He was around for three years. He came to earth three years and He went hard for three years. Ministry, He lived to 33 before He ascended into heaven. And in the latter part of His ministry, He tells this parable. He tells this parable right before having met a guy called Zacchaeus. Anybody heard of Zacchaeus? Yeah, come on, talk to me. You heard of Zacchaeus? If you haven't, Zacchaeus was like this short guy. He was a tax collector. And one time Jesus is in a crowd of people like this and there's people everywhere and they're all like, Jesus, Jesus. And Jesus in the middle of a crowd stops. He looks around and He sees Zacchaeus in a tree. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm gonna go have dinner at your house. You've got to understand how crazy this is in the day. You would never dine with a tax collector. The tax collector is the worst. Nobody likes a tax collector because tax collectors collect your money. And they come round and knock on the door and tax collectors were known to be not very integrous. They would charge you more than actually you had to pay. And so Zacchaeus had a reputation. Everybody knew him, but Jesus says, hey, you come down from the tree. I'm gonna eat with you. He goes and eats with his house, eats with Zacchaeus in his house, telling Zacchaeus that salvation has come. Zacchaeus' life is transformed. Jesus says his famous quote, he says, for the Son of Man has not come to seek and has come to seek and save that which was lost. It's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. And Jesus says that. And then He tells this parable. So it's not in the context of Jesus being in a synagogue. This parable is in the context of Jesus being surrounded by people in someone's home. And it's in the context of having just reached somebody that was far from God so far from God that He was hated by society, but now God had changed His life in a moment. And it's in that context. It's in the context that Jesus is about to leave. Jesus is about to finish what He came to do. And He brings this parable, which is interesting 
because it's the parable of the miners. It's, it's parallel to the parable of the talents. Have you heard of that parable in Matthew 25? Well, this is in Luke and this is Luke's kind of interpretation. This is the parable of the miners. Miner is, is about money. A miner is three months wages. A miner would be equivalent today of about $20,000 in our context. And Jesus tells this story about Miners, but people are listening. They're listening in the context of just seeing transformation in somebody's life. Jesus is about to leave and then He reads this parable. How are you doing? You good? Let's read the Word. Turn to your Bible. Did you bring your Bible? If you didn't, don't worry. We have a big one on the screen. And you can use that. If you need a really um, awesome Bible, get a trashed your Bible and make sure when you come next week that it's trashed. Otherwise, people will judge you and think that you're not a real Christian. So make sure, you know, even if you don't know, just highlight the whole page. It's all good. Just colour it in. Just make it look like you read it all. You know, that's what I do. Okay. No, I I read the Bible every day. Shut up. (laughs) Parable of the Ten Miners. Are you there? Book of Luke. Verse 11, it says, While they were listening to this, He went on to tell them a parable because He was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the Kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Note this, that in the context that Jesus is talking, when He's talking about a Kingdom, everybody hearing thinks that He means that He's gonna take the physical Kingdom, meaning a political regime. But Jesus didn't come to establish a political regime. He came to establish a spiritual kingdom and a new covenant. And so it's in this, they're thinking, oh, He's talking about the kingdom. He's gonna gonna kill the current king. He's gonna overtake, overthrow. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and and he gave them 10 miners. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But the subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we don't want this man to be our king, but he was made king. However, and he returned home, then he sent for the servants to home to whom he'd given the money in order to find out, find out what they had gained with it. First one came and said, sir, your miner has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. The second came and said, Sir, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, You can take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your miner. Uh Uh-oh. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. (laughs) I didn't lose it. Here it is. It's here. I tucked it away. Here it is. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. Not true. If it was true, why would the master have given a miner to 10 servants? He was sowing. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. This 
is amazing because your perspective of God shapes how you see Him and then it shapes how you live. How you see God shapes how you see yourself and it shapes how you live your life. People who fear have a, a fear mentality of God, meaning that they fear God in the wrong sense that they think He is a harsh judge. Therefore live from the wrong place because they have the wrong perspective. You knew, did you, he says, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit? Hello. So that when I come back, I could have collected it with interest. Then he said to those standing by, take his money away from him and give it to the one who has 10 miners. Sir, they said, that's not fair. He already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Heavy. This is calm down, everybody. <laughs> Amazing story. God, we pray, speak to us through this today. We love you. We're thankful that we're here. God, we thank you that this is good soil that this place is full of good people, humble and hungry for Your Word. We thank You for what You're doing in Jesus' mighty Name. They all said, Amen. Thank Ryan. Ryan, we love you. Get out of here. All right. All right. Interesting um, few observations about this passage of Scripture that, that the Master said, here's a miner, put it to work. Minor being money, not like a, a minor, not anything to do with oil, um, but money. And so he says, put it to work until I come back. Faithfulness isn't really faithfulness until authority leaves the room. I mean, it's easy, right? Right? You know, you ever, ever been at work and your boss leaves the room? I mean, that's the real test of whether you, you know, kind of worker you are. It's easy when the boss is there. You know, hey boss, hey, yeah, real busy and I'm, I'm doing it all and I've, I've got this covered and, and we have, you know, our calendar out, the computer out. We have seven different things, notepads out. We get it and we can look busy. But, but the true sign of faithfulness is what do you do when the boss isn't there? How, how do you look after what you've been given when you're not being micromanaged, when you've not got someone looking over your shoulder, how do you handle what you've been given when authority leaves a room? The, the, the master said, put this money to work. So one guy comes back and says, hey, look, I had one, now I got 10. Another guy says, hey, I had one, now I got five. And the master gives the same proportional reward to each one of them he never says, oh, guy with 10, you're better than the guy with five. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He gave the same affirmation to each of them. He said, well done. In the parable of Townsend says, well done, good and faithful servant. But they both brought different proportions of increase from what they had been given. Meaning that this is not about comparing what you have 
This is not about comparing whether I'm better or how I measure according to people. The only thing that God is looking at is how have you used what you've got? The master never says to the guy with five or with 10, says, hey, uh, you know, you've, you've done well, but you didn't do as well as this guy. He never holds them accountable to something he didn't give them. This is good. This will set you free. Listen to me, church. You are not accountable for something that God has not given you. Because we live in a world where we're watching everybody else's story, but missing our own. We live in a world that's full of comparison. And therefore I'm looking and often I'm neglecting what I've got because I'm being over-responsible about what someone else has been given. Well, yeah, maybe I could do it better than them. You know, you ever thought that? I have. You ever thought that? Be real. Don't be too Christian in here today. Come on. Welcome to church, you know. And, and have you ever felt like that? You know, you are not going to be held account for something that God didn't give you. But what has God given you? Come on, what has God given you? That's what we want to talk about today. Not about what God hasn't give you, given you. What has God given you? If, if God has given you the gift of the gab, you can talk underwater. Come on, somebody. You, you can talk the foundations of a building. You, you, if that's your gift, use that gift. If talking is not your gift, use your gift. That is, maybe it's introversion. Maybe you're more creative. Maybe it's to serve people. Whatever your gift is, use it. Use it. Use it. Come on, everyone say use it. Use it. Because I, I feel sorry for the guy with one. You know, I feel a bit sorry for him. Because the master is very harsh on the guy with one. The guy who comes out and says, hey, hey, here it is. And he looks at it and he says, wow, <laughs> it's exactly how I gave it to you. Meaning that stewardship is not about giving back what you've been given. It's about making more of what you've been given and giving it back better than how you found it. Hello, somebody. Stewardship is not about, faithfulness is not about sitting on what you've got. It's about putting it to work. And so he, he says to the guy with one, he's, he's harsh on him. Because this guy, he didn't lose it, right? He didn't lose what he was given. He didn't abuse it. He didn't sell it for drugs. <laughs> he, didn't, he, didn't do, he didn't do something bad with it. He just didn't use it. Come on, everyone say use it. He just didn't use it. Stewardship is about using what we've been given. But maybe you're here and you feel like, well, I haven't been given much. God is not going to keep you accountable to what you haven't been given. So don't worry about what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. It could be really small, but that's all you need. The guy with one, he had a fear-based revelation of God. He was, in fact, entitled but not realising he was entrusted. Stewardship is when I realise that what I'm being given, I'm not entitled to it, I'm entrusted with it. It's a matter of perspective. And when you live your life as one entrusted with another's, 
you will actually treat what you've got with a higher level of respect, a higher level of honour, a higher level of love, and you won't look down on what you've got, but you'll put it to work. Come on, say, everyone say, use it. Just use it. Small, big, you just got to use it. God is looking for return on investment. He is, He is. He is actually looking for that. But, but it is in the space that He's given you, not in the space of what He hasn't given you. So what do you have? God is looking for a return. And so when He comes, you know, life is short. Jesus will return. Did you know that? Come on, talk to me today. Jesus is coming back. It's not like an idea. It's not like a potentially. He might. He is coming back. And what are we going to do with this life? That's what this parable is about. What are you going to do with this life? The greatest thing I believe we have to steward is our impact on people. How will our life impact people? You know why? Because when you get to heaven, you're not going to take the things you own. You're not going to take stuff. You're not going to take things. When you get to heaven, the only thing that you can take is souls. What was the impact of, of your life on another person's soul? This is what God is measuring. This is what truly matters to God. I remember I went to my, um, my beautiful grandma's funeral. And she, this was a while ago, and she passed away. And I went to the, the funeral. She, uh, just the most amazing lady ever. She impacted my life so drastically. And in this moment, the pastor says, hey, if you're here today and Helen has impacted your life in any way, stand up. And I just thought it was interesting and looked behind me and 300 people all stood up. And I thought, wow, Either that was just like nice or they all stood up. I went after the service, talking to people, spoke to one lady who um, was addicted to drugs. She was in rehab. And my nan and pop brought her in, let her live with them for three months, got her back on her feet. She said, now I'm a pastor. Spoke to one man who was a pastor, had a difficulty happen in his world, but then came and lived with my nan and pop for a while and was re healed, repaired. My nan was like a really good counsellor. And so she counselled this guy back into health and he was restored as a pastor. I spoke to person, I spoke to people with marriage difficulties. I spoke to so many people in this room and it hit me so hard because I realised at the end of it all, not one person talked about her car. Not one person talked about her house. Not one person talked about her savings. Not one person talked about her outfit. Not one person talked about that. The thing that everybody talked about was her impact on people. Yeah, come on, let's, let's give God a hand that we have an opportunity 
Life is an opportunity to impact people. What are we going to do? God is God values people so much. The most important thing to God is people. People matter to God. If you were to get all the wealth of the world, I've seen Pastor Phil say this, you get all the wealth of the world, you put it on this side of a scale. You get all the wealth. And then on this other side of the scale, you get one human soul. Every time that one person's life outweighs all the wealth in the world, the preciousness of one person. And this is what I want to close here today, is who is your one? Who is the one that God has entrusted to you? Not who is the 20, who is the one? Who is that one person that God has brought into your world? I remember my soccer coach. I just felt God saying to me, you need to reach out to this guy. And so I prayed for him for months, finally called him and said, hey, would you like to come to Alpha? He came to Alpha. He loved it. He gave his life to Jesus straight at church that weekend. Who's the one? Sometimes we feel like we've got to help everybody, but maybe there's just one. Maybe there's just one person that God has entrusted to you. How do we reach out to these people? Simply by including them. Inclusion, 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 inclusion. Jesus was the master includer. He walks up to these fishermen. You know this story? Walks up and says, hey, hey boys, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Here's God including two fishermen in the greatest plan and the greatest purpose the earth has ever seen. Inclusion. Who can you include? Who can you include? Who is that one that God is bringing into your world? I remember James Murray, he was a youth pastor and I remember he would come to a high school that I attended and he remembered my name every single week. Just remembered my name. I don't even know who this joker was, but, but he just remembered my name. Aruni, he just smiled at me. Do not discount what your smile while remembering someone's name could be doing in the life of a precious soul. Do not discount what the warmth of who you are and what you say, what it could be doing. It could be that God has entrusted you with one. Jesus went to a Samaritan woman at the well. One woman, one woman. And the whole village received Christ. Who is that one and who could be the, on the other side of that one that you reach out to? I'm praying that we would have a revelation where we would see the ones. See the ones. You know, last week we talked about sit one, serve one. Sit one, serve one. We want to create an environment where serving is fun and easy, healthy. Serve one, sit one. Serve one, sit one. Sit one week and then come and help create the experience one week. And then sit one week and come and help create the, spirit, the experience the next week. 
discover purpose by being involved, but also be in God's presence. Be healthy, be well, be a thriving person. And the more we all contribute, the easier it becomes. When we leave it to just a few, the few have to carry all the weight. But when we all serve one, serve one, we can have an incredible impact and create a place where people find community week in, week out. But this is what I would add to that. Sit one, serve one. But I'm praying that we would adopt this where we say, hey, come sit with me. Come serve with me. Come sit with me. Come serve with me. Come sit with me. Come serve with me. And I think of a a young guy in our church called Rid. And Rid, a couple of weeks ago, came to team huddle with his friend Ty. He just brought him. said, hey Ty, come sit with me. Come serve with me. And Ty has been in church every week. Ty gave his heart to Jesus. Come sit with me. What you could do just by sitting with somebody, sitting with your connect. I think of, I think of Adrian and Myla Dequila, their connect group, that they sit together, they serve together, they did next step together. Hey, we had 50 people complete next step last week. <laughs> Praise Jesus. So I'm praying we could adopt this and be good stewards of our impact on people. Simply by saying, come sit with me, come serve with me. We have Christmas Spectacular. This is an opportunity for that. To say to somebody, hey, you should come sit with me. Hey, you should come serve with me. Why don't you bow your heads, close your your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want to be good stewards. Good stewards. We aren't here to keep people out. We're here to bring people in. Who's your one? Who's your one? Who's your one? Who's that one that God is calling you to pray for? to be generous to. Our goal is not to yell at people, preach at them. Our goal is to include them, to show them who God is, that God is kind, God is loving. And this is our opportunity, church. This is our chance. Don't sit on your influence. Don't sit on the one Use it, use it. No matter what stage of life you're in, all of us can impact one. 